and welcome to episode 193 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your animal curator and director of client success, Pete DeMeo. And our little hotel marketing zoo is pretty busy today. And I'm joined with our aquarist, Melissa Cavanaugh, who also happens to be a pretty phenomenal director of analytics. How's it going, Melissa? Howdy ho, everyone, but I'm a Virgo for the record. You know what? An aquarist is someone who manages aquariums for zoos. Oh, why didn't you make yourself the beekeeper guy? I could have done that. Could have You're done the that. apiarist. Ah, I could have done that. Ah, that that person that you guys just heard speaking was Phil Friska. He's our curator of exhibits and our director of marketing here. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> so, so for the last several weeks, I've been doing random positions at random industries. Is that a is that good? Do we keep that going? Because I'm starting to run out of things that we can be doing. No, now I want to see how weird you're going to get with it. <laughs> Roll up your sleeves, Mr. Curator of Exhibits. You're about to find out. <laughs> nice. So this is a, a Phil episode anyway. Sure so, is. You're so going to get a lot of good stuff about PPC today. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, before we begin, though, I got some things we got to talk about. Uh, first of all, you can always follow along with the notes at travelboommarketing.podcast and click on episode 193. A lot of the stuff that we cover today and really all the time is written out, great note form, related articles. It's a great resource to use for your hotel marketing as an augment to the podcast. So don't just be listening to us. You can also read what our fingers are typing out on the keyboards. All right, so hey, before we get into the news, we're going to be recording this. This is dropping on the 8th of, I'm sorry, it'll be dropping on the 6th of July, which is Tuesday. And we're heading into July 4th, which is a pretty big week for our country, the United States, but also for hoteliers. So I kind of thought it'd be fun to throw out a little fact of the week. You guys ready for that? Oh, fact of the week. week. Jingle. Stuart would say we need a jingle. We do need the jingle. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more working on a suite of jingles. But anyway, so we're heading you to need the... A, you need the 80s rock jingle for this one. I, I do. At least just the sound of fireworks in the background. Because this one's about <laughs> the July 4th weekend. So we're heading into July 4th weekend. And that's obviously when us here in the U.S. celebrate our independence. And hoteliers celebrate high occupancy and a phenomenal ADR. So that's oh. pretty great and all, right? Yes. But did you know that we really should be celebrating on July 2nd, which is the date the Continental Congress actually voted in favor of the resolution for independence? I did not know that. So why do we celebrate on July 4th? Well, it was formally adopted two days later after the vote. So even though we had the, the vote took place on July 2nd, it wasn't formally adopted until July 4th. So, so there you go. So what's also it is. So what else also is pretty cool. So John Adams, one of the the founding fathers of our country, he did not like this at all. In fact, he had sent a letter to his wife on July second saying that this is the date that's going to be celebrated for generations to come. And he would snub Fourth of July celebrations because he felt that they were on the wrong day. 
Well, I mean, legit, he's right. I mean, if someone told me, like, hey, Phil, we're just going to celebrate your birthday every year, two days after your real birthday, and you're going to have to deal with it, I'd be like, oh, no, <laughs> it's not my birthday. Like, no, there was a deadline. I made the July 2nd deadline. <laughs> Maybe we'll make John Adams had, happy and, and we'll start, you know, drinking today. <laughs> <laughs> there you oh, actually, it is today. Today is officially the uh, Independence Day. So, so one more little piece of trivia about that. Obviously, July 4th got very angry when John Adams wouldn't celebrate. But July 4th got its revenge. 50 years later, on July 4th, 1826, both John Adams and Thomas Jefferson passed away on the 50th anniversary of the freedom of our country. Whoa. All right, that's creepy. Isn't that crazy? Two of the founding fathers passed away on the 50th anniversary of the founding of the country. I did not know this, Pete. I'm fascinated. I I told you. So wait, time out. Time out. You said they both died on the same day? They both died on July 4th, 1826. Well, then they had to be fairly young when they they signed then, right? Yeah. Yeah, they were. I mean, well, it was 50 years later. You figure they were probably somewhere in their 20s and 30s. Of huh. all the stats I have about them, I don't know their specific ages when they were signing the document. Everybody died young back then. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, like, they lived fairly long for Melissa. For so the that's time. false. What? It is not true that people died younger. Okay. Because you had so many people die in childbirth. Yes. That that drove down what people say is the average life expectancy average of a person. If you look at people who, and this is kind of getting into like the whole privilege discussion. If you look at the people who had plenty of food and shelter, they lived just about as long as we live now. Fair enough. So, okay. All right. I don't know. I, just, just throwing random facts out. Hotel marketing podcasts or not, you learned something today. <laughs> I had to lean in. I was afraid that your data wouldn't be very exciting, Phil. And I was like, no, I'm going to set it up. <laughs> Never is. It's bland. It's boring. Here, we got to give the people something. Not today, people. We got something cool for you. All right. Well, that's awesome. Before we get into the big news topic, though, we have a single newsaroo. With hotel marketing cannot lose. Now it's time for newsaroos. Yay. All right. Do you want me to jump into this news route or somebody yeah. else want to cover it? So your news route, Pete. Get after so it. I can't even get to it, so go for it. Oh, Pete. okay. So here, here it goes. So this is from hotelsmag.com, which if you're not subscribed to them, it's a, it's a, you have to log in to, to read this article. But I would say it's well worth it. And it's about a study that shows that hotels must address the trust gap to help speed up recovery. So when we look at this article, they lay out four areas, and this is based on a study to about 11,000 travelers over 10 countries, only 1,000 of which were in the U.S. So yeah, when you look at this compared to, you know, say our customer sentiment study, I know that first went to roughly, we had almost 10,000 responses to that one. Alone. Response on that first one, yep. Yeah, so it's, the data is really interesting. So they found four specific points where hotels need to do a better job instilling trust and building that relationship with their guest. Number one is price transparency because they did find that a majority of customers, particularly in the U.S., 
did not feel that when they looked for the rate, they always find the best rate. They were concerned that people might have you know, add-ons at the end of the checkout process. There's required fees, resort fees that keep adding the price of your night that are not shown when you are doing your initial booking. And, and, and those people are right, honestly. Uh, for, for the most part, you, you see a rate, you get to the end of the process, there's uh, taxes and fees that can you know, jack up that price you thought you were paying by you know, a lot, pretty Some large margin. And you know, if everybody had to follow the same rule, it's like the, the rate that you show is the final thing at checkout, including taxes and fees, and we're all playing in, on the same field there wouldn't be an issue like this. But because that's not the case and resorts will do this every single time, you know, we can, they, they tend to get sneaky with rates um, just to, to try to undercut that initial rate that someone may see on an OTA or uh, within Google or even on the website itself. Um, I don't think that this is too far know out of out of reality that that was it 60 something percent of people 64 percent of people assumed there was going to be higher costs yeah it, which is which is embarrassing for our our community and this is one area where the ota it, otas are getting better of showing the full rate whereas if you go to and a perfect example is i just got back from vacation we stayed at an airbnb and it wasn't even helpful to look at the daily rate of a property because the fees and taxes were wildly different across properties or Airbnbs at the same resort. So one might have a you know, higher ADR, but they have a $50 cleaning fee. Others had a much lower rate, but then it was a $150 cleaning fee. So it made it useless to try to compare rooms on that main matrix when you're looking for where you want to stay. Yeah, I, I, would, I wish there was there was a... You know, some type of mandate where, all right, no, no more additional fees. You know, explain what the taxes are going to be up front, and this is the rate that you will pay. The one that we see when we when we do an initial search, when we see it on OTAs, when we see it on Google Hotel ads. Just, I wish there was something that was just, you know, up front, and 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 then everyone got to play on the same field. Absolutely. And I can understand taxes being applied after the fact, because if there are additional services, if there's add-ons that you're doing, that's going to impact your tax rate. But I should know exactly the rate is X times 8.5% or whatever that tax rate might be. I should be able to do that math before I forget to the checkout page. So that was the very first thing that customers had a problem with. Number two was COVID and health safety, which I thought was pretty interesting that, you know, overall customers are very happy with how hotels have broadcast what they're doing to keep their property safe. It seems like they just want a little bit more information about how it's actually going. So that's an easy thing for, for hoteliers to do is kind of keep banging that drum for, for health and safety. So number three was really interesting and data, which is data privacy. This one to me is very, very important because I know we've talked about a ton on the podcast, making sure that you understand it is the customer's data that we're holding. It is not our data that we've taken from the customer. Our job is to keep it safe and to use it in a smart way because a guest 
now more than ever, have a drink, can take away <laughs> that data in a heartbeat. Well, and, and I think the, the data within this article points out, it, it, it kind of aligns with the way I would think about it, right? So um, data that we've previously given to a hotel when we stayed with them, we should feel pretty comfortable about them using it to contact us again. It's the stuff that we didn't give up you know, willingly, the maybe social media activity that they are following, um, other you know publicly available data that they went and curated and now are talking to me about that I never gave them. Um, that type of stuff weirds people out. Uh, a, a little bit more than, hey, I know that I've given this hotel my email address. I know I've stayed there before and given them my, you know, phone number, email address, home address, whatever. Um, people are a little more comfortable when they know exactly when and where they provided the data that you use to contact them again. Correct. And then number four was information credibility. And this one's kind of interesting. They want to make sure that when they're choosing a property, that they can trust the reviews and feedback that they get on the property. What, what I thought was very interesting was the least trusted sources, and the way the report puts it, were the ones vested with a vested interest in selling. So social media influencers only had a 23% trust rating according huh. to the study. Which, which, when you think about it, a, a social media influencer, so often they're there and they're shilling for the property. It's not organic. So if, if you right. have a good social media influencer that is organically drawn to your property, use them to the fullest because they're the ones who aren't trying to just you know make a buck. So social media influencers, I think you always have to be careful there that it doesn't come across as hollow. Obviously, celebrities were even lower. Only 19% trusted celebrities when they told them to stay at a certain property. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, because, because come on, when you have a, a, let's say Tom Cruise is saying stay at a, you know, a, a comfort inn. Like, really? Does, does Tom Cruise stay there? <laughs> you know, no, no slight against uh, choice hotels or anything like that. But it, it's, it's true. It's like that may not necessarily be the demographic for Tom Cruise. Yeah. But he might have been a weird one to pick, Pete. But uh, we'll, that's we'll true. Pass that one over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the news route for today. If you're not subscribed to hotelsmag.com, take a look at them. I, I really like them. They have a, a good email that goes out uh, at least once a week and a lot of good information on here. It's a good aggregator to keep up with all the, the news in the hotel world. So moving on from there, we can dive into the main topic, which is the Big Phil Show. What do we got for you yep. today? Today we're covering three easy PPC tests that you can run right now. So these are, what we're covering are some of the most you know, basic things that, that you should be doing within your Google Ads, Microsoft Ads accounts right now, regularly, um, constantly testing these three things. We're talking about testing ad copy. We'll give you a few examples of that. Testing landing pages. Um, we'll give you a few examples of things you can test and, and how you do it. Um, and, and testing extensions. We're going to do that as well. Uh, but I think we'll just start by saying that how important testing is. Melissa. ABT. <laughs> just always, always be testing. It, it's it's how you improve. It's how you find that that 
um, optimal set of uh, of ad copy, of landing page, of extensions that you're running at any given time. If you don't test, you're never going to know what that is, uh, what that what that perfect set is. And if you're not constantly testing, you're not going to know how behavior evolves. So um, uh, it's it's important to always be testing. Uh, we say it all the time, but I don't think we ever really dove into the the various things and, and how you test them within. Let's, we'll just we'll just use Google as our example because everybody runs Google Ads, and if you're not, you should. Um, I think it can get, right. it can get confusing for particularly a, a hotelier with a single property who's already very busy trying to spin a million plates and keep them going, but it doesn't have to be very difficult. So testing can seem like a daunting process. But honestly, Phil, what I really like about the the article that you wrote and, and the topic for today is is these are easy things that you anybody can put in place and see a very clear impact on the performance of their campaigns. It, it's not rocket science. We'll talk about a little bit about rocket science and some more advanced testing in a second, but the data and the three tests that we'll talk about are stellar examples of things that you can actually do. Yeah, if you, if you are running PPC for your hotel, you will be able to do these no problem by yourself. Because if you're already handling the Google Ads account, this is just how you test for for basically the beginner and here and here's another thing if you're a hotel with an agency um and the agency is running the ppc for you i want you to take this stuff and and take it to your agency and and ask them if they're doing it and if they aren't they should be and if they are um, i'm going to give you a little more insight in the questions you should be asking them about the performance of it all right all right so first thing, and I think everybody would would expect this, but it is testing your ad copy. And obviously the ad copy is the thing that the the searcher is going to see, you know, first and foremost, they they make their search, whatever the query is, branded, non-branded, doesn't matter. The ad copy is the first thing they see. And our KPI for ad copy is click-through rate because the the goal of testing ad copy is to increase click-through rate. Yeah, you know, you may run an ad copy test and see return on ad spend increase. You may see conversion rate increase, but that's not necessarily what what ad copy testing's goal is. Um, those are great, but really what we're trying to do is make people click on the ads more. Yeah, ad, ad testing is the subject line testing of the email world. Exactly, Pete. Exactly, Pete. How did how did that improve your open rate? Well, this is the same thing. How did it improve your click through rate? Yep. After that, everything is related to what happens to the customer beyond that. You got them on the hook, but if you lose them, don't blame your ad testing. Right. So so now that we know our KPI, we're looking for an increased click through rate. Um, here's just a few of the things that you should be testing within your ad copy. Make sure you're testing the offer that you're presenting to people, the thing that you're putting out front and center. You, you can test things like um, 35% off versus $35 off, uh, just any percentage versus dollar amount. See what performs better for your property. We have tested this across hundreds of properties, and it really it varies, and we continue to test it all the time, but that, that type of thing can work really well for a while, and then... Uh, it's for some reason or another, it, it doesn't work as well, and we, we switch. Um, but 
the reason we switch is because we've run tests that prove that, say, percentage off tends to work better for this hotel than dollar amount off. Another one? You said before you go on, I like what you said about you're continuing to test it. And I think this is true for any kind of test. Just because you know you got X result today doesn't mean you're going to get the same result tomorrow. So rerunning these tests, I think, is really important. Seasonality can change, Mm -hmm. you know, your outcome. And then just consumer behavior changes over time. So, you know, if you ran this test last year go ahead run it again this year just to see if you get the same results you never know and it's likely that you're not running the same exact offer you ran last year right um so so test test that out uh see see what works for you different like you said seasonality can affect percentage off versus dollar amount off um you know you might find i have no data to back this up but the the idea is you know say say during christmas a dollar amount off works better than percentage off. But when you're ramping up into a peak season, percentage off works better than dollar amount off. This is why you need to constantly test these things. Seasonality matters. Uh, the offer itself that you're promoting, it matters. But And often your, your ADR matters matter. a lot as well. You know, If you are a more entry-level property, percentage off may be more effective then if you are a couple hundred dollar a night property, 20% becomes a significant dollar amount as well. Yep, so you run an ad that shows, uh, you know, name of your hotel, headline two is rates up to 30% off or rates up to, you know, $100 off, whatever it may be. But that's, you run those ads simultaneously, see which one's getting a better click-through rate. Another thing that we like to test is authoritativeness. Now, we use this as a best practice where we always tend to run ads with official hotel website in the headline, um, but we've tested this in the past and we found that you know sometimes that, that does increase click-through rate, sometimes it doesn't. So I like to test the authoritativeness. How do people feel? And it kind of goes back to the news of building trust, right? You want to build trust. This is a good way to do it. So you test things like official hotel website versus book securely online. Um, so what, which authoritative message resonates more with, with your audience, test those things against one another. Another one that, you know, it like similar to percentage off and, and dollar off, those seem very similar, right? People should just be interested in them is a sense of urgency. So yeah. Okay. We're trying to portray a sense of urgency, but these things act wildly differently. Like we do. Uh, in our headlines, limited time offer versus limited availability. Now, most of the, most of you are going to say, no, that's the same thing. Well, the data shows that it's not. When, when we run ads that are the exact same thing, when that is the only thing we've changed is limited time offer versus limited, limited availability, click-through rates can be 5 to 6% different, which is a really big difference in click-through rates. But that's just another thing you can test is, different senses of urgency. All right, so, so time out there for a second. Phil, do you know which one of these typically performs better? Just a, a yes or no. No, it, it, I'm telling you, it very, it, it, it's, it's property by property, time of year. I, I could not tell you right now with confidence which one is going to work better for your property. 
Okay, cool. That, that's what I was trying to figure out is because when I would see that, I would say, oh, limited availability is much more compelling for me because if I'm trying to stay someplace at a certain point, even if it's a limited time offer, if the room's not there, it doesn't count. But for each hotel, it's going to be completely different. And, and I think this one in particular, limited time offer versus limited availability, definitely has something to do with seasonality. If you are... If my gut tells me if you're running limited time offer during, you know, Black Friday or a New Year special, people know that they only have like a certain amount of time to book it. Limited availability may work better for you when you're getting into peak season and people understand that availability may be limited. But again, this is it's those things mean very similar things to people. Uh, but they can they can operate wildly differently when it when it comes to click through rates. All right, another one which you may have expected coming is testing your call to action. Um, a simple testing in a headline book now versus reserve your room now. Same thing, right? But again, people act differently. Uh, your audience will act differently and will likely react to one of the two more than the other. You're going to generate a higher click-through rate with one than the other. So it's just testing a different call to action within your ad copy. And the last thing I have here is pathing. This is probably a little strange to some of you. So this is the little URL that shows up under the headlines of your ads um, to indicate where people are going to land on your site. It's not necessarily where people are going to land on your site because after the domain, you can enter whatever you want and Google will display that on your ad. Um, so we've, we've tested different pathings like domain.com slash rooms versus domain.com slash book now. Um, so we've tested, you know, a informational versus a call to action. We've tested different call to actions. We've tested different informationals, whether it's rooms, accommodations, um, room booking, things like that. We've tested as the pathing. It may not seem, because that's not the thing that people are clicking on directly, it may not seem like it affects it, but it still can affect it. And so after you've tested all of the different actual clickable ad copy elements, testing the pathing, I think, is equally important because it gives people that extra indicator of where they're going to land and this next step they should take. Man, this one is so important. And, and the reason I say that is as people who are managing properties, running a PPC campaign, we are literally the worst people to think we know what the customer wants to see. And it's obvious when you look at somebody who's browsing the web or looking for properties and they're not web people. This is very important for them because that's going to lead them on the direction. Anyone who's working in the PPC world or the web world understands that that can be manipulated. But most people don't know that at all. So it's a great, great, great thing to test. Like I said, most people don't know that that's, a, that's an option that we even have. Most people don't even know they're clicking on an ad. <laughs> that's a good point, Melissa. <laughs> Seriously. Even today, I don't remember what the new stat is, but I was shocked every time I look at that number and see people don't know that PPC exists. I think it's it's very low now, but still, they don't know. I mean, and, and people, I mean, we know people are lazy to scroll, so they might only look at the first three, four ads and just choose one. So making sure that you have the optimal ad copy, what your 
putting forward, that is your billboard. That is what people see first is the words you put on that page. So make sure that they are as effective as they can possibly be at making someone to click on them get to your site. So that that's that's kind of step one, making sure you have the right words in your ads to drive the clicks. Let's move on to the next one. Testing landing pages. So this is another one that's kind of quite obvious. It's something easy you can do right now. Um, and the, the goal, the KPI for this is conversion rate. So when you do landing page tests, the thing that you are looking for, the metric that you are concerned with is conversion rate. You've already driven them to the site, right? You did your ad copy testing. You're doing a better job of getting them to the site. Now, what page did they actually hit and do they convert better or worse? So conversion rates, what we're focused on here. There are different types of landing page tests. So I'll start with, you know, the, there are two. One is to alter the page that you're already having them land on. And the second is to change the page they're actually landing on. So, you know, every I say all your ads are pointing to your rooms page. Well, then you can change your rooms, rooms page, change elements on your rooms page to increase conversion rate. Or you can say, no, I'd like to test my rooms page versus my home page and see which one performs better in terms of click in terms of conversion rates. So we'll start with the altering the landing page one. This one is a little, tends to be a little more difficult, but you know this this may or may not be something that you are comfortable doing. You may need a developer to help you, but this tends to be the most effective. So I'll start here. So this would be something like, all right, we're we're expecting someone to make an action. They're not making it. How do we make them make the action? So we use things like Microsoft Clarity. Uh, or, or user testing to identify, say, items on a page that we want people to click, but they aren't clicking. Or things that people are trying to click, but they can't click. Or they're scrolling excessively looking for something that you're not providing. Um, so these watching user tests, watching screen recordings on Clarity give you a really good idea of what what are people doing on this page and how do I get them to move down the funnel more effectively. For example, um, you, you, your site may, you know, you may expect someone to click on a rate to get to the booking engine, but they don't know that rate is clickable. So adding a button there can make them click on the button and get into your booking engine quicker. Um, we've seen it a million times where, you know, some, you, something that should be clickable isn't clickable, like an image. Um, it's a room type. Someone someone wants to go book that room type and they click on the image. Well, the image isn't clickable and it's not taking them into the booking engine. Adding that link, pretty simple, something you should be able to do um, and, and it'll get people right into the booking engine. So I, I have a question because Clarity seems pretty awesome. Melissa, it, it seems like it must be very expensive as well. Can you tell me a little bit about Clarity? The cost, nothing is ever free. There's no such thing as a free lunch, Pete. But the cost of the software is zero dollars. What? Tell me more. But, but it is labor intensive to look at all those videos and pull out 
some useful information, especially if you have a high volume website with a lot of traffic on it. Mm -hmm. So again, nothing is ever free, but the cost of the software is zero dollars, assuming it doesn't break your booking engine. <laughs> Come on, that, that only happened once. <laughs> no, so so I think that's a, that's a good point. It is labor intensive to look through any user tests or uh, Microsoft Clarity recordings. Um, what I recommend to you is let's only look at the mobile ones because those are the most important. But granted that your site gets the majority of traffic and revenue coming from mobile, focus on the mobile recordings. Wait, you said two different things there, Phil. Sorry. So you said, assuming that your traffic and your revenue are mostly from mobile. <laughs> yeah. That, one may be true and the other one not so true, in which case that's a whole other topic for another day. But go on. Good I point. Digress. Good point. All right. So let's just back up and say that we know most of your traffic is mobile at this point. And if it's not, you're doing something real wrong. Uh, but uh, all right. So most of your traffic is coming from mobile. Let's improve that experience for people. So let's, if we're, if we're looking at clarity, let's, let's only look at the mobile recordings, see what people's thumbs are doing on your page. If they're missing what you're trying to get them to do, then it's time to test on those pages. Um, so when you set up your test, you know, say, like I said, it may be the uh, addition of a button. It may be making an image clickable. Um, it may be adding a sticky booking widget to the, to the top of the screen. So as they scroll, the booking widget's always there. These are the type of tests where when you implement that change, leave everything else as is, leave your, you know, everything. So when people click through, you're gonna have similar click through rates. And then when they get to the page, here we go. Now we get to test how they act compared to how they used to act. If you're just doing a comparison of date ranges or you can kind of split test people. So 50% of the people see the button, 50% of the people do not. That tends to get a little uh, little more difficult. So yeah, and honestly, that starts getting up. to be more, that's its own podcast and article in itself because landing pages in, in general have so much room for optimization that, I mean, would, would you agree that at some point you cross that line between PPC optimization to, okay, now I'm just looking at where people land on the website and I need to improve that process as well? Of course, and, and those things those things overlap big time. But I think, I think I got my point across with, if you make a change to the, to a landing page, you know, just see how it performs, whether you're split testing or whether you're in, in a comparison state. But there, there are things that you can do in your page to improve the experience. Next, let's discuss the page that people actually land on. So this could be, all right, I have set up my PPC account, my ads are running, people are clicking on them, and everyone's going to the home page. Okay, well now you have an established conversion rate for people hitting your homepage from PPC. Let's try sending them to the rooms page or maybe the amenities page or maybe all the way down to the booking engine. All of these things are possible. And what your goal here is with the landing page test is to find out which one of those landing pages gives you the best conversion rate. Now, you may think, let me send people as far down the funnel as I possibly can. We'll send them to the booking engine. That means they're right there, right? They're, they're ready to book. Not always the most effective. We've seen it work wonders for some clients who have great booking engines, 
with a lot of information. For other clients that do not have a lot of information on their booking engine, we've seen this backfire on us where we send people all the way down into the booking engine directly from their PPC ad and conversion rates took a dip because they backed out. They went back to the website. They went to go find more information. Uh, they didn't get enough information from the booking engine, so they went to go read the rooms page, the amenities page. They ended up bouncing back out to go read reviews, and you know we probably lost quite a few bookings there. Well, that but... is so true. I mean, if you have a sucky booking engine, pushing them farther into that sucky booking engine is not going to help your conversion rate. Yeah, and, and conversely, let's say your website's terrible, but you spent the money on a good booking engine. Maybe you just want to skip the website experience altogether and send them right into that booking engine. Not we've a bad idea, work, right? <laughs> yeah, we've seen this work work both ways. And honestly, this is why we're talking about testing, because you need to know the answer. Is uh, it true, Phil, that you can't send people to the booking engine if it does not sit on the same domain as the rest of the campaign? Well, uh, yes and no. Um you can, but you can't split test that. You can't you can't test, you know, within a campaign, some people going to one domain and some people going to another domain. So this would that would that would absolutely have to be a a time based test where you change everything within your campaign. It's not it's not a solid test. So we like to keep people on the same domain. Hopefully your booking engine lives on your domain. If it doesn't, then you're, you're kind of, uh, there, there are ways to set this up through drafts and experiments where you can split them. Um, it's just not ideal. So I would recommend you find a booking engine that someone stays on the same domain throughout their process, you know, from, from, web, from website visit to booking should be on the same domain. If it's not, there are, there are ways we can do this when in the past that wasn't the case. Um, we can certainly help you through that, but I think that would take a little longer than we have for this podcast. What's next? All right. So we've covered sending people to different pages to see which one gets a better conversion rate. Now we're going to talk about extensions. So extensions are things that you will see below traditional ad copy. So we're talking about you know, the site link extensions that people can click, structured snippet extensions, call out extensions, image extensions. We've talked about these in the past on the podcast. Um, they're, they're basically supplements to the ad copy that you present to somebody. There's a variety of them. We only use, you know, typically a handful for your, your average hotel. Um, but the target KPI here is click-through rate. This operates much like an ad copy test where you're 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 testing what the extension itself says and then you're kind of using some of the landing page test because some of them are clickable and you can actually send somebody into your site and i'm going to start with that weird one because it's a site link extension um, these are the links that appear below your ad between two and four of them typically um, and these are clickable links that can take someone into different part of your website um, you'll kind of want to use the principles we discussed in the ad copy testing as well as the principles we discussed in the landing page testing you're going to want to test the copy of your site links versus you know the places that you're actually sending people the, the various site links that you include um, so that's that's one test you can run 
and and again you're looking at similar things you're looking at the the click-through rate how how your ad is affected by the various site links you use and this is super important site links are like the number one extension that you need to run because they are the clickable one and they can get people to the spot on your site that they actually want to visit. Say someone searched your brand and you have a site link for book now, which takes, takes them into the booking engine. You have a site link for photo gallery to take them there. You have a site link for your rooms page that can take them to see the various rooms types. Um, and, and say you have a site link for amenities that can show all the things happening at your property. Uh, right there, you know, a branded search, you don't necessarily know where someone is in their in their uh, booking process, but this is where you can kind of pick them off and send them into the place that they want to go and fulfill their searcher intent, even though they just searched your you know, general brand name. Um, if, if, I, if you have to use one extension, you should use all the extensions, but if you have to use one, this is the one. And you should test them to see which one gets you the biggest, uh, best click-through rate. Let's, take a, let's just take a quick look at some of the other extensions and I'll, give you an example test uh, that, that you could run with each. I'll explain the extension and the example test you can run in it. A structured snippet extension. So structured snippets are uh, a line that appears below your ad. It's just text. It's not clickable. And you can. this is a spot where you can list your hotel amenities. What I'm suggesting to you to test is one structured snippet versus another. I'd like you to test the amenities that you show in the order in which you show them. So let's say they may only show four or five of these amenities within an ad. You know, what's most important to people? Let's put that up front um, and, and which ones are the most important. So if you have a spa, an indoor pool, um, whirlpool, something like that, you know, let's, let's keep those towards the front if they tend to get you a higher click-through rate. The next is a call-out extension. This is important for real estate of an ad, uh, how much space you're taking up. But again, this isn't clickable. So this is just another way to build trust. Maybe maybe here is where you include a uh, TripAdvisor Certificate of Excellence or some other award that your, your hotel has won. And I, I would test those against each other. So if I include my Certificate of Excellence versus my local award, well, when I was running the Certificate of Excellence, did I get a better click-through rate? Or when I was running the local award, did I get a better click-through rate? Test those things against each other. Image extensions, fairly new. I think this one just came out of beta recently. Um, but we've seen it prove to increase click-through rates for ads, even though people aren't clicking on the image itself directly. But from the time we started running them you know, to previous periods, click-through rates have gone up significantly. Um, so run image extensions, and I'd also like you to test image extensions. Test you know, room versus a different type of room, um, an interior shot versus an exterior shot, uh, an amenity on your property versus a room image. Test these things to see which uh, increases overall click-through rates for your, for your ads. A price extension, you can show rates you know, rates from for a certain room type, and these are clickable. These are pretty cool. I know they're they're a bit of a pain in the butt because you have to change them often. Uh, obviously, your rooms aren't going to have the same rate year round or even week to week. 
but you could say something like, you know, oceanfront one bedroom from $100 a night, that type of thing. So here's where you can kind of take that ad copy mentality and, and test a dollar amount off or a percentage off, um, or you can test different dollar amounts or different percentages. Uh, oh, excuse me. Sorry, I just jumped into the next one. <laughs> you got all excited. It's fine. I did. I did. Um, sorry. So you can test on the price extension, you can test rates from. So you would test rates for different rooms and like kind of how you list the room type. Do you, is, it, is it more effective to write oceanfront one bedroom or just oceanfront rooms from $100 a night? Um, that, that type of thing. So test your price extensions. Make sure you're also testing that price extensions are increasing your overall click-through rates. Uh, la sorry, lastly, the one I jumped into, promotion extensions. Um, so here's where you can show a, a dollar amount off or a percentage off. Uh, and, and this is also clickable. Um, you, you show uh, testing your, your dollar off promotion versus your percentage off promotion or maybe different percentages off. What works better, 35% off or 36% off? You know, make sure you have different rate codes associated with those and everything's accurate. But I, I think that those, those small tests can really affect click-through rates and it's, it's definitely something you should be looking into. Those are the ones, those are the extensions we typically use for, for hotels. I have a question. Yes. Could you and or would you want to see, so if you're testing just extensions versus no extensions, and since extensions take up more real estate in the SERP, would you want to see the impact of that versus your organic search click-through rate? and see how running extensions could possibly affect that? Or am I, um, I, I know I'm pulling things out of my butt right I now. Know, I know, I really like where you're going with that, but this is, this is pretty nuanced, only because the, uh, Google decides to whom they serve extensions to, when they serve extensions, do they serve all of the extensions you have running? Do they only serve one? You really don't know, uh, so, it, the test you're talking about would have to be cut all extensions off and see what happens to organic and then turn them all back on and see what happens to organic. I mean, it'd be the same thing as running like, all right, how does, how does my overall run of revenue get affected by when I cut ads off totally versus and run organic versus when my ads are running versus organic. So I like where you're going with that. Cause I'd like to see, you know, how does the real estate aspect, of the search result get affected by extensions, but you can't pick and choose which ones show. You can't pick and choose when they show. So though I would love that data, Melissa, it's not available. Um, one thing I do want to mention about testing extensions is please understand what you're looking at. When you go in Google ads and you look at extension data, uh, particularly click-through rate, because that's our KPI we're worried about here. What they're going to show you is data that when that extension showed, how many people clicked on your listing. Not necessarily that extension in particular, but your ad in general. You can segment this <laughs> and get into the weeds a little bit. Um, I recommend you do so, so you have a real picture of what's going on. Uh, but segment so you can see this extension versus other. 
and you'll see how many people actually click on a particular site link or a particular promotion, particular price. Super important to know that. Uh, another thing that you want to look at is uh, what element someone clicked on when an extension showed. Um, so if you're serving an ad and um, you're noticing that you know site links get more clicks than promotions, or it just it gives you an idea, but it's also not bad to look at it as a whole. So when my image extension showed, what happened to my ad in general? Because it may not be something someone clicks on, but I know that showing image extensions improves my ad click-through rate a whole lot better than when I don't have them. So you can really dig down into this data if you want to, um, but just know that when you're looking at the high level of the basic data that they provide you when you click on extensions within Google Ads, you're looking at everything. So could be your ad copy that's doing really well and not necessarily your extensions. It could be your extensions that are doing really well and not necessarily your ad copy. You need to give yourself a little bit of context there. That's a lot of stuff, Phil. That is. <laughs> that's why people need me. <laughs> so so if, if you had to boil it down to, okay, so we're some testing best practices that we can all just kind of focus on? Uh, test one thing at a time, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could run a multivariate test, but you're, you're going to cause yourself some headaches with that. So test one thing at a time, please. Um, don't test your, you know, your extensions alongside your ad copy because both of those are focused on the same KPI. Let's spend a month and let's test our ad copy. Um, and we'll test one ad versus another. One thing at a time, get a real picture of which one's truly performing better. And, and that kind of goes hand in hand with make sure you have enough data uh, because, you know, 100 people saw your ad and 10 people clicked on it. That's, that's probably not enough data to really determine what, which one's... Uh, you know, which one's performing better. Well, I think that's um, an important point, though, because as hoteliers, we are already busy. And if you're managing your PPC campaign on your own or even with an agency, you have to look at the volume that, of traffic that you're getting from PPC and understand that when you start a test, it may take a little while to run. But if you try cutting off early, we've seen so many cases where early results suggest one thing, but once you've actually had enough time to get a statistically valid sample, you realize the answer is completely 180. Yeah, like what, what I like to do, for instance, if I'm, if I'm doing an ad copy test, I'm testing one headline versus a different headline and everything else about the ad remains the same. And I'd like to have over a month them have about equal impressions and see which has a better click-through rate. So. That's, that's kind of the idea. Um, the next thing is, especially in the hotel industry, try as best as you can to run these variants simultaneously. So no matter what you're testing, make sure they're running at the same period of time. And you can do this uh, through the drafts and experiments section of Google. You effectively create a clone of your campaign. You make your change. Let them run. You can split it 50-50, split it simultaneously, and run them simultaneously and see a true impact. So because of this, like if I ran an ad 
right now and tried to compare it to an ad that ran in January for a vacation destination, well, you know, my, my click-through rate may be wildly different at this point in time uh, just because of seasonality. So run them simultaneously. Um, I'd also say document everything, everything from, from the, the date that your test started to exactly what you're testing, um, the results of each and, you know, whatever your KPI is, the actual percentages of those things, document it as detailed as you possibly can. So when you revisit this stuff in the future, um, you don't just, you don't run into this testing rabbit hole where you kind of test yourself out of optimization. You can reference stuff from the past very easily. So write it all down. That one is so important because a lot of times it makes so much sense what you're doing now, but six months or a year from now, you'll wonder if you've done something or why your analytics look so much different before and then versus after. Yeah, and it, and it helps you, you know, reference stuff. If you ever wanted to, if you're an agency listening to this, you want to write a case study about it, it's easy to go back and reference. So I, I think documenting every aspect of your test is, is important start to finish. And lastly, adjust and repeat. This is the, the, the shampoo, the rinse, rinse and repeat. Um, once your test is complete, you are not done. Uh, you can always make it better. So find out you know, which variation works and test something else against it. Make sure it's still the best one. This is how you optimize. This is how you find the best combination, like I mentioned in the beginning, the best combination you possibly can of ad copy and landing page and extensions all together is if you're constantly testing these things, you know, finding the one that works and and combining it with the other ones that work so well and, 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 and increase the KPIs that you're looking to increase. And again, these small tests as you go forward should be helping you you know, really reach this this perfect set of ads, and it, it, it PPC by no means is is ever set it and forget it. You always have to be testing it. ABT, gonna say it one more time. Beautiful. <laughs> um, and just so you don't think that those three easy tests are the end all be all to testing, I have some other advanced PPT PPC tests for you to run. I'm not going to get into great detail about them because each one of them requires its own podcast. But uh, if you're curious and you know maybe you're already doing the things I'm talking about, uh, I, I recommend you start testing different bidding strategies, the smart bidding strategies that Google and Microsoft offer. Uh, I, I suggest you start testing different targeting, uh, audience targeting, geographic targeting, demographic targeting, um, testing those one against another uh, and, and testing them uh, simultaneously, important as well. Testing different device types, um, maybe splitting device types into their own campaigns or setting different bid adjustments per device type, uh, another great test you can run. And, and um, another one is day parting. So testing how different bid adjustments for certain days of the week or hours of the day can affect your overall performance. So. We can really get into the weeds with those ones. I'm not going to get into them. I just wanted to give you the three easy ones today. Good job, Phil. There's a lot here. And 
I think one of the things that we want to make sure that everyone understands is we kind of went over the three easy ones. Phil just ran through a bunch of the, the more advanced ones, but it's so important that you understand that there's a ton that can be done in terms of optimizing performance. Yeah. If you're, if you're doing PPC by yourself, you can do the ones we talked about today. Um, if you're somewhat more advanced, you can do some of the ones I just mentioned quickly. Uh, as always, if you need help with it, give us a shout at, at travelboommarketing.com and we can certainly give you an evaluation on what's going on with your PPC. That's awesome. That's a whole bunch of information. I, I almost feel this is one of those ones that we're like, okay, we're going to publish this again so everyone can re-listen to it because <laughs> <laughs> you dropped a lot I, of knowledge beyond the 4th of July information. I, I, I tend to I tend to do that now and again, where I just try to overwhelm, so they have to come ask me questions. Exactly. So, so ask Phil questions, and, and you can do that at travelbootmarketing.com. All right, that was fantastic. That's a whole bunch of information. Thank you so much, Phil. As we move forward, you know, we're always testing and improving, and, and things are changing, and sometimes they're not always changing for the best. Melissa. You have some explaining to do. What is happening? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Well, things may be changing uh, some more. We've had a lot of changing in our office lately uh, with our brand and Stuart, and apparently I am changing as well. Uh, unfortunately, I have decided to move out of agency life. This is a big change for me after 15 years of being here. I am uh, moving on to be an analytics person with Westgate Resorts very soon. Let's mic that for you. I am very excited and extremely sad at the same time, and it's very surreal. It really is. It's kind of crazy. Life is a little nuts right now, to say the least. Uh, we are we are very sad to lose you, but very excited for you and your new opportunity. Yeah, you, you don't want to start with unfortunately when you announce <laughs> your new new job position because it, it is awesome and it, it's such a great opportunity for you that I I don't want you know us to be be sad that you're leaving because it's a great opportunity for you moving forward and you've already committed to being on the podcast in the future, so so that is a good I thing for us. And I'll have a whole new perspective on life by then. She didn't actually commit. Pete just, Pete just kind of committed her into it right now. <laughs> she, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. She said she wanted to stay in touch. That's what that means. <laughs> that she's committing to doing one podcast every third episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unless that's, that's a lie. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a lie. <laughs> but I would definitely like to be on as a guest uh, on some, you know, sometime soon. I'll come back. If, if I'm not dead to everybody, which, you know, we know that's what happens when you leave the Fuligan slash Boom Squad. No, no, no. You, you will never, never be dead to us. And you'll still be here for next week's episode. So that's... Yes, I will. Yeah, so, so that's good. And then then moving forward, we'll have to uh, only send you emails and you know, get you vicariously on the podcast, which is fine. But uh, we'll, we'll manage, and I'm very excited for, for you moving forward. Thanks. And I'm it'll, be, it'll be thinly veiled as a, 
podcast invite and we're just going to ask you questions. <laughs> yeah, 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 reality is we're just going to be recording our phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'll still be here. I'm staying in Myrtle Beach and I will obviously still be on all the social places that I've been and connected with all our podcast listeners there. So I'm not, not really going anywhere. Just, you know. I'm, 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 I'm sort of in the ether. I'll, I'll be out in the ether. Spreading your wings, Melissa. That's what you're doing. It, it's exciting. Yeah. It, it's exciting and it's very good. So, well, hey, yeah. so that makes us weird. So, Melissa, where can they find you? <laughs> uh, I am still and will continue to be on LinkedIn and on Clubhouse at Melissa Kavanaugh, K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. So will we continue to, to see you on Clubhouse and be able to Absolutely. communicate with you there? Yes, I will not be quitting. Unlike Stuart, who has disappeared off a of clubhouse, I will continue to uh, be there. He has, yeah. and I, he still listens, so we should call him out. But yeah. I want to wait a couple weeks before I do that, because when I was on my vacation, I, I took about a week and a half hiatus of, of clubhouse, so I need to get back on there. I've taken about a three-month hiatus from clubhouse. Oh, you you can still find you, me you, on you, LinkedIn. You can't have a hiatus if you've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I got rid of my party hat. You were that. Okay. I took a hiatus on my space travel expeditions. <laughs> so, anyway, Phil, where can we find you, though? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, at Phil Fariska, um, or you can find us at travelbootmarketing.com. Absolutely. So you stole my line. So you can find me at, at Pete DeMeo, both on LinkedIn and Clubhouse. And like, like Phil said, we're collectively at Travel Boom Marketing. Podcast notes are at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. And we have all kinds of good information for me there on our blog and article section. So, so definitely check that out. But anyway, that's the Hotel Marketing Podcast for the week. But the good news is, is you don't have to be sad. Even though we missed last week, we will be back next week for another exciting episode, which is oh. 194. It's getting close to 200. Melissa, are you sure? You don't want to wait? Uh, uh, so close. So close. Maybe I'll come back for 200. You should. It'll be an AMA and we're going to include you. Okay. You have- um, Pete. Yes. Let me jump in real quick. Listeners, if you have not followed us on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, please do. Uh, at Travel Boom Marketing. Um, just search Travel Boom. You should find us there. Um we're, we'd, we'd love to share all of our awesome stuff with you. Let us know when the pod, let us let you know when the podcasts are coming out. Uh, let you know when we release new blog articles. So so give us a follow and uh, stay stay covered on all of our cool new stuff. Awesome. Well, cool. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back next week. So I have a question for you based on this podcast. Were you doing A-B testing where you only did, did one ear and then you're going to see how it performs and then do the next one? <laughs> that would be the most cruel thing ever. <laughs> no, of course not. Oh, your, your pediatrician's just getting one over on you. You need to test this. Always be testing. I'm not testing my baby's health, Pete. <laughs> All right, well... You walk the walk, right? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>